Become spellweavers, reavers, rogues, and men-at-arms, and answer the call of adventure. Pick up your sword, your axe, your spellbook, your bow, your rulebook, and your dice, and join the forces of good in their eternal fight against vile monsters, conspiring min-maxers, horny bards, and blood-soaked murder hobos. Discover the treasure trove of role-playing games here on Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your guide. Good evening, Boneheads, and welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your RPG treasure trove. I'm your host and king of the Boneheads, Ryan Howard, and you guys are going to have to bear with me tonight because I've got a little bit of a cold, but we're still going to power through it here this evening and do the best we can. Uh, so, like I said, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, if this is your first time here, this is Rollin' Bones, and this is Valor Studios. If you are unfamiliar with Valor Studios, we are a tabletop role-playing content company, and we love sharing our stories with the world. If you're watching this here with us on Twitch, thank you so much for joining us live. Uh, we look forward to seeing your questions, and uh, we want you to give us a follow on here so you can see when we're going live, not just for Rolling Bones, but for the other stuff that we have going on here. And if you want to show us further support, you can definitely hit that subscribe button down there. We appreciate that. Uh, you know, any support you can give us is definitely appreciated here. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications. And uh, that way you'll be notified, again, not just when Rolling Bones comes out, but when Axion comes out, uh, Tales of Valor, any of the other stuff that we have going on here at Valor Studios. You'll see that there on YouTube. And you can find links to our Twitter, Discord, and several other places that we uh, like to share with people, including our guests' work here in the, uh, the Twitch About section, also in the YouTube video description, and periodically in the chat. So, without further ado, let me introduce tonight's guest. Uh, this guy has been working with several friends of mine, friends of the show, and uh, he's got some cool stuff going on, including a game called Primal Quest, which is coming out in physical formats through Exalted Funeral tomorrow. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boneheads alike, let's give a warm welcome to Diogo Nogira. Diogo, welcome to Rollin' Bones. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm Diogo Nogueira. I'm a game author and artist from Brazil. And I write games under the old school publishing label. And I've publishing, published games such as Sharp Sword and Sinister Spells, Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells. And more recently, I'm releasing Primal Quest and Cosmos Sours. So, and I've won a Annie Award for House of the Blood King uh for old school essentials so hi absolutely and thank you so much for joining us this evening thank you thank you for having me i'm always excited to talk about games and and, and stuff and uh, primal quests because dinosaurs dinosaurs are cool so absolutely and if you go on uh if you go on diogo's uh drive-through page you can see lots of dinosaur stuff uh there's yeah. Especially, oh, there will oh, be more. 
Yeah, what's that game called? Oh, Cosmosaurs. That's Cosmosaurs, it. Cosmosaurs, yeah. Cosmosaurs. That, that looks awesome. So we'll talk yeah, about yeah. that some, too. But whenever we bring someone on the show for the first time, uh, there's a series of questions that everyone gets, gets asked. So let's begin at the beginning here. How did you get into role-playing games? Well, uh, I started playing those game books, like Fighting Fantasy game books, when I was in Catholic school. And they decided to allow us to choose the book we were reading that semester. And the kids chose the Death Trap Dungeon. For some reason, the, the nuns let us read Death Trap Dungeon. And then I started hooking up on, on game books. And I started collecting them and, and, and reading as, as many as I could. And when I moved to another building, uh, because my parents uh, changed their jobs, and older kids saw me playing a uh, fighting fantasy game book, and they, they invited me to play a game. They said it was just like a fighting fantasy book, but I could do anything. I didn't, I didn't have to follow any of the options that the book was giving me. And I played Tagmar, which was the first uh, Brazilian RPG ever released here. And it was, was pretty, pretty cool. Um, my, my character died on the, the first session. And we we did a ceremony to bury him in the in the in the building yard. It was it was pretty pretty amazing. And I got hooked, and I didn't start. I didn't stop playing. Like since then, I was about ten years old, nine ten years old when that happened. Gotcha. So, of all the game systems that you played from then up until now, what would you say your favorite game system is? I, that's unfair to ask because I I, I, I would yeah. say one of my games because I, I make games that I want to play like I, I make games that I feel the need to play but I have some, some games that are really fascinated me that are really influenced even the, the games I make such as Dungeon Crawl Classics one of my favorites because it completely changed the way I saw fantasy fantasy didn't have to be like D and D anymore didn't have to be like Lord of the Rings, like this elves in the forest and dwarves in the mountains and all this classical stuff. Fantasy could be weird, and and I started exploring more of that, like the poop fantasy, the the appendix and literature, and fate always has uh, an influence for me because there's different ways for you to make character. There's a lot more open than like a list of skills, and into the odd for its simplicity, the way uh, it's written, how Chris McDonald's present the rules. It's really hard to pick up one game. So, yeah. Gotcha. Well, you did mention one of my favorites in uh, in Dungeon Crawl Classics, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah I'm fascinated for Dungeon Crawl Classics. I'm, I've, I've even trying to to talk to some of the, the Dungeon Crawl Classics writers to convince them to write something for Primal Quest because uh, it's, Dungeon Crawl Classics was really important for me. It was a really a community that welcomed me uh, as, a, as a Latin American got in, into the, like, the international market in the U.S. market, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And they were really open and really welcoming. And the, the first time I went to Gen Con, I didn't know anyone. I went alone. 
and they invited me in. They I, they 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 opened me with open arms, and they're really, really a really nice community, and then a really they really encourage the do do it yourself uh, approach. People creating zines, and a really a really curative community too. And it's a really cool game. Absolutely, and and you're right about that community. It really is. As soon as they find out that you don't know what uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics is, they're just like, "Come with me. Come here. Sit down. Sit down. We're gonna play this game." Yeah, yeah, and then and, and they don't they don't make any judgments about what you know or don't know. Or you don't have to have any experience. Or you can be any kind of person, really. And and if you get the community and know the people there, like Jane Brickman, it's like I'm one of the most amazing person, I, one of the most amazing people I have ever known, and then we've become really good friends, and 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 in the community in general, like the Je- Jeff from the Spellburn, Jim Wampler, I, I I maintain contact with a lot of them, even though I don't write much DCC stuff anymore, and don't produce a lot for the for the games. Or the zines that people play there, I still have contacts with a lot of the writers and, and people behind the scenes, and then it's amazing. It's a, a really cool game if you, if you wanna you wanna try something different from DD, but it's kind of still feel familiar. It's like a perfect choice for you to try something that will feel really unique, but you still feel comfortable trying it out. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Now, when you are running games as a game master or when you're playing in games as a player, uh, what kind of play style do you like to approach with uh, kind of each of those roles, both as the game master and as the player? Well, as, as a game master, I like to propose a situation like they're in a place and there's stuff happening all around them. That usually there's just not just one stuff, like, Oh, go there and defeat the evil guy that captured the princess. No, like there's, uh, like the 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 herd disappearing and they they're saying there's like a monster eating it and an an envoy to another city has gone missing and there is this guy sending a map to a tomb there's treasure and I always try to give different options for the players to to pursue their own agendas and if they wanna try to just hop someone in the city, we can pursue that. As a game master, I really like to represent an open world with possibilities that they can explore and, and, and kind of a sandbox, sandbox play where they still try to leave some, some nudges for them to, to follow whatever is happening in the setting. I wanted the setting to continue to change. For example, if they don't, they don't check on the envoys that disappeared, Something will happen to, to the invoice, you know. Like I try to keep tab of this this kind of stuff. Yeah. So and as a player it's hard to answer because I don't play very much, but yeah. uh I don't know, I I I try to survive because I I like old school games and old games are are pretty uh deadly. But if it's a one shot and it's like past one and a half hours of gameplay, I just try to to see what stuff does and I'll probably die but I will have fun you know <laughs> yeah absolutely so 
those of us who dedicate a lot of time to this hobby with, you know, shows like this or with games like you make, we do this out of love, and that love comes from fond memories we have of playing games. So if you had to pick a fondest RPG memory, what would that be? Well, if one of my happiest memories of an RPG was playing a campaign of D1 Ring. Uh, the first edition when it right on it released it because well Tolkien was like really really cool for me and I was still getting into DCC exploring appendix and so Tolkien was for big reference and the game does a really fantastic job of of simulating this this universe and the narrative that it's like the heroism of of Tolkien literature and and we're playing like a full campaign and the memory of one of the characters like making a sacrifice to hold on to the like this relic that was important to like to sorrow and the servants and the commotion on the table that he really managed even even in his death he didn't let go of the ring and the, the he fell on the river and flew all the way to the lake town and, and people found his body and, and it was really pretty cool. And there is there is one memory too when I was playing Gen Con with Harley's Troll from the CC. Mm-hmm. And we're we were really, really, really careful with one of these traps and everyone on the table describing everything what they would do because we were assuming the statue did one thing, like it spit fire. So we we're all prepared of of pulling the lever and just diving on the on the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the statue shoot lightning, so we were on the water, and the lightning just killed everyone. Yeah, <laughs> it was really funny. I love Harley. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing too. Now this is the uh, the last introductory question, and uh, the answer can be as philosophical or as sophomoric as you want it to be. Uh, but Diogo, if you could put anything on a T-shirt, what would it be? I don't know, a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do a, a, a promo quest shirt for like a cool dinosaur. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Absolutely. Di- dinosaurs are great. Yeah. Everyone loves some dinosaurs. Now, <clears throat> one question I want to ask you before we kind of get into some of the uh, the, the games that you've worked on here and, and talk about Primal Quest and, and some of the other stuff. Um, with your uh you know you're from brazil like you said what yeah. is the gaming culture like there is it easy to find games are there a lot of people interested in, in rpgs how how easy or difficult is it to find like a regular rpg group uh in in the part of brazil that you live in in the part of brazil i live in it's not so hard uh because it's I live in Rio de Janeiro. It's like the second second biggest city in, in in Brazil, so it's not so so hard to get a group. Like you just post online and you know some people, and, and there's like WhatsApp groups for organizing game groups and events. And like there's monthly events on on some some shopping malls or maybe some front uh, friendly local game store. So if you wanna play. In Rio de Janeiro, it's, it's pretty easy. In São Paulo, it's pretty easy. Uh, in the bigger cities, it's not so so bad, you know. But in other like smaller cities, it's pretty pretty hard. 
And if you want to play anything but uh, like D&D uh, 5 edition or other more popular games here in Brazil, that's like Tormenta or other big name. It's it's other from, from Sao Paulo or Rio de Janeiro and maybe I don't know some capitals in the northeast and some in the south. It's probably pretty hard. Gotcha. Gotcha. So just like <clears throat> kind of the I guess it's the same as it is in the States. The more remote you are, the you know the less dense yeah. the population is. The there's still likely. a lot more people in the United States that play RPGs than, than in Brazil. Mm. Because because of the, basically the economy, like you know, United States has more, more money than Brazil, and books in Brazil, especially like D and D, if you want to play, like there are like three books that cost uh, pretty much uh, a month's pay for from 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 poor people, you know. So yep. it's, not, you- it's not a very accessible uh, hobby here in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that, like, uh, you know, having PDFs, oh, like digitally available games, does that make oh, yeah, it easier? Yeah, yeah. piracy is really, is very popular <laughs> here in Brazil. Gotcha. Like, piracy is like the biggest thing here, and we try to like avoid it, but it's it's really hard, and it's part of the culture of of a country that doesn't have a lot of money, so mm-hmm. it's. I know it's wrong, but I, I, I don't condemn people that do it here because they don't yeah. have money, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, PDF helps. We, some, some, some people here in Brazil don't, doesn't sell PDFs because of that, because of piracy. They, they prefer not to sell PDFs, but people always find a way, you know, they scan books and they... Just passed it around, <laughs> and it's fun because if even free books, they they pirate free books. I don't know why, but they do. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <clears throat> now this uh, this game that you have coming out uh, physically through Exalted Funeral tomorrow, Primal Quest. Uh, if you had to explain it to someone in like just a couple sentences, how would you pitch them on this game? Well, it's a fantasy game in a mythical Stone Age setting with dinosaurs, sorcery, and aliens and elder gods. And all you use is like a, a field of six, and it's a really uh, modern game with an old school style of play. So it's player challenging, it's sandbox, and it's a game for you to play to find out what happens. Gotcha. Kind of looking at some of the art that you have posted here. Have you ever seen the movie Fire and Ice? Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah there's a like a page of influence stuff, like like an appendix scene of the game, yep. and one of the the, the moves there is that. Yeah, I, I figured having looked at at this and uh, you know re- reading a little bit about what you have going on here, that that Fire and Ice was something that you you would be into if you weren't already into it. It's been a while. I haven't seen it, but I can't find it anywhere to watch. So, mm-hmm. but I remember, I remember the impression at least. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, th- this is a really interesting product here because there's a lot of 
high fantasy stuff out there and there's a lot of sword and sorcery stuff out there especially in kind of the osr circles that we uh tend to run in but oddly enough i haven't seen very many uh like essentially D with cavemen games out there and that is a like a really prime time for this kind of adventuring there's lots of nomads there's lots of really crazy strange creatures that are walking the earth in real life and if you can add fantasy on top of that especially like you said with aliens and elder gods that's even more weirdness for players to encounter so was it seeing kind of just a lack of that stuff in the market that made you want to make this or is this just kind of you know what you find entertaining well, there, there's a lot of stuff, like influence from the cartoons I watched as a kid, like Urkeloids and Thunder the Barbarian, and I don't know, all, uh, there's um, uh, my, my tour, I don't remember the name, but there was like another like primitive uh, style of, of, of uh, cartoon, like heroic cartoons, and, and recently there was the uh, tri- Primal HBO Max, like this there's this cartoon from the, the guy that do, did the Clone Wars cartoon on Cartoon Network. Yep. You know? And it's fantastic and it's so exciting and there's no dialogue and and kind of made me want to, to try and I love Sword and Sorcery and I have done a Sword and Sorcery game. I had done a Star and Sorcery game. It's like Sword and Sorcery in space. And I have done so, uh, a Sword and Sorcery on modern times that I call it Street and Sorcery. So... I thought about doing like a stone and sorcery thing, and I want to try and mix everything that that I like about those '80s cartoons, the the sword and sorcery uh, literature that I like, and the uh, the primal cartoon that that I read, and my obsession with dinosaurs because I I always like love dinosaurs, and and my dream was to have like a Velociraptor pet animal, <laughs> so. <laughs> Nice. And then I, I made Primal Quest. Nice. Now, when it comes to the D6 system, how does that end up working uh, in this particular game? Well, uh, every time you try to do like a test, and every time you try to accomplish something that is significant in the, in the story, it's challenging, and, and you put yourself at risk, you do a test, and you roll one positive dice and one negative dice every time, because... It's one d six and another d six, and and you subtract the the positive from the negative to find the result and add your attributes. And if you roll uh, equal or higher than the difficult, you succeed. If you roll below, you fail. And how that works? If you have some some kind of so like a, like D and D fifth edition, if you have an advantage, you gain another positive positive dice. If you have an advantage, you gain a negative dice. But they don't cancel each other. So you can have like several positive dice and several negative dice and roll all of them together. But you just look for the higher one on each side. And simultaneously, if you're looking for the higher one, you will notice all the sixes. So uh, you always subtract the higher one from each other. And the sixes allow you for do extra stuff. So it's pretty simple. Even if you roll like, a, like 10 dice, you just look for the highest from each color. And since the six is already the highest, you notice the six, and and you just 
do the math from like one uh, subtract one from the other compared to the difficulty. And if you roll a six, a positive six, you get to do like extra positive stuff. If you roll a, a negative six, you get to do extra negative stuff. The GM can impose and like, oh, you hit, but your your sword, your like stone spear broke. Like, oh, you managed to climb the wall, but uh, you left, you let your bone dagger fell and you're without your bone dagger now mm-hmm. or something like that you know so it's it's a game that uh with a single role you can determine if you succeeded you failed how well you succeeded or failed because how well you surpassed the difficult or you failed to determine how good or bad you did and you also determine additional uh benefits or hindrance so you can have a, a success with a uh Additional benefit or a success with a consequence, or you can fail, but okay, you didn't climb the wall, but since you got this benefit, you as you were trying to climb, you saw there's a trail over over there that will add like a day to or a few hours to your to your itinerary, but you will be able to get where you want to go or something like that, you know. Gotcha. Now, when it comes to like teaching people how to play this system, how quickly were you able to get people to like? not just learn the rules, but learn the rules and then be able to have fun playing in the game? After like uh, an hour or 30 minutes of play, as they're rolling the dice and, and, and seeing how they work, it's it's pretty seamless. Uh, I, now as I play with, with my group, uh, the GM doesn't have to roll. You can roll, but the players can do all the tests for themselves, and I don't even have to calculate XP. They do it all by themselves. I, I just roll to create situations and describe what's happening and then and, and, and react and it's a pretty simple game as you, if you see like the game book there's like 20 pages 28 pages and half of it it's it's like a setting like a hex scroll so it's a pretty simple and a flexible game that you can learn in just one night and even though it's very simple it's you can do a lot of things with it and in supports can play as the characters can advance, can change, and I'm really proud of the work I did with Primal Quest. Now, what all is coming out with, uh, or what all is coming out physically uh, tomorrow through Exalted Funeral? Which of the like books that you've made for this particular game are coming out physically for people? Well, there is uh, Primal Quest, Essentials, which is uh, the rule book. There is all the rules for, for you to play and create characters and, and, and advance them through play and how to GM them and, and, and run opponents. and All you need to play the game and also a mini hex scroll inside of it. I described the, the initial region of the game. And together with it, we're releasing an introductory adventure called The Cave of Our People. Which introduces the elements of the of the setting, the threats that will appear in future adventures and zines and, and setting supplements. And also at the end of the adventure, the players will do like a group activity of, of making a cave painting, like the characters in the game in the game, because it's uh the characters are being introduced to the tribe and there's a ritual where they make a cave painting and the players do the same. And the idea is that the community of players who do this, this cave drawing and share on the internet 
and we have like a web page of like a cave painting and we can post cave paintings of players from all around the world like something like a community building adventure which is mm. it's pretty cool and that's that's what we released that uh, written by me and there's also a character sheet pad of of a fantastic illustrated character sheet by uh, Nicopio Art from Twitter and all in red and we also have uh, a supplement uh, about religions and, and beliefs and, 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 and gods in the mythical Stone Age uh, called Primal Belief and there's like two small adventures uh, from uh, bad, uh, bad Bad GM wrong phone from, from Twitter too oh yeah, Stefan we just yeah, it's on the show. yeah. So that's it for now. But uh, we have already written uh, the supplement for solo play for Final Quest. There is an adventure being written too uh, by Gustavo Tortelione, and there's uh, I'm, I'm developing a supplement for uh, random character generation and and just to generate NPCs. If you can. Like wrote to generate all kind of descriptions and, and aspects for the for the character, and even some archetypes for you to begin play right away, like red made characters with just a few choices for you to customize them, mm-hmm. and more stuff in the works. Like we have plans for 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 this game to last for for a while. <laughs> gotcha. This this really does sound like uh, you you kind of want this to be the flagship of of old school. Is that would I yeah. be correct in saying that? Yeah, that's my intention. Like, I'm, I'm. That's really an inspiration for me. Would be games like Mothership and Morkborg and Best Left Buried. Games that started small and started building up and creating more and more and becoming like a solidified uh, benchmark on the on the RPG community. You know. Gotcha. And this is not to take away from some of the other stuff that you have on here, not the least of which uh, I, I'm going to circle back to here, Cosmosaurs. Tell us about oh, yeah. Cosmosaurs. Yeah, as I said, I like dinosaurs. So yeah. I made a game about uh, dinosaurs that are space rangers defending the galaxy from, from threats, evil threats such as undead pirates, uh, slimy bankers, and... Nazi broccoli, things like that, you know. And it's it's a really a family fun game. It's it's illustrated by uh, Lukas Kowalski, which is like an incredible artist from from Poland. And I want to work with him on many many more things. I have a game inspired by the by that uh, group of four uh, shelled reptiles that that knows how to be ninjas. And I, I, I can't say the name because <laughs> people say uh, those people are very litigious. So, yeah, yeah, it's inspired yeah. by that, but it's, it's totally not that, you know. It's called Mutants Against Evil, and, and, and it's pretty cool. And I want to have Lucas work on it, too, with Gontijo doing the design. And it's, that game is already written, so it's coming, it's coming out So. Now you mentioned uh, lasers and feelings and blades in the dark in the description here on Drive Through. Oh, yeah. um, is this like a Forge in the Dark system? 
uh, that, that you used here? It's or very is it... simplified. It's, it's, it, it gets some of the elements from Forge in the Dark, like the way you determine results, like reading the, the, the result of one of the D6s, the, that kind of yes, and, or no, and, or no, but. But aside from that, it's very simplified. You just have two water boots and just a few descriptions that customize your character. It's like a game you, you it supports like different uh, evolutions of character, but it's a game for you to play with any kind of experience, even with kids, because it's a really uh, a fun game. Uh, really inspired by the, by eighties cartoons, like there is the that dinosaurs cartoon that's I really loved it. I was a kid, mm -hmm. and the game really reflects that. So it's a it's a simple system, and even though has some elements from Forge in the Dark. I, I don't claim it's a Forge in the Dark game because it, it, it simplifies it like to, to, to score essence and then, and then everything else just gets to the sides to make it like a fun game for you to just play and don't have to console any kind of table or, or anything for you to, you know. I, know. I know Blades in the Dark can be like a heavy game sometimes. So Yeah. Absolutely. And, and for anyone who is like listening on audio or hasn't seen the, uh, the cover art for this particular game, uh, it's glorious. Yeah, Google it's, for it. It's, it's well worth it. Even, yeah. even if my, my, my writing is terrible, it's well worth it for the art and the, the, the layout of the book because uh, Lucas and, and Gontijo did an incredible job. But, but I, think, I, I think the writing is good. The tables are are really inspiring and and, and and it's a fun game to play. Mm -hmm. I think you'll find that. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And we have a question here from Lou Al Lou. Lou, I am so glad that you uh had swung by here. It's always great to have you on the show. Uh so this is for uh for Diogo from Lou Al Lou. I've asked other creators how they make dinosaurs interesting more than just a bag of hit points. How do you make dinosaurs an interesting encounter? Well, the way they... Especially Primal Quest doesn't have a lot of hit points. Characters don't, doesn't like evolve adding hit points and hit points and hit points. So dinosaurs have more hit points than a human, of course, but it's not like D&D &D that you have like 100 hit points. Like a, a dinosaur will have probably two times or three times as much as a character, but not that much more than that. And, and they can be really mortal for a character. And they're interesting because they, they're not like a just... You hit their characters in Primal Quest. They are, themselves are not a bag of hit points, so they, they have to think really clever to, to find a dinosaur. And dinosaurs have different attacks, and they can charge, and and like a, a Tyrannosaurus can swallow you, and Velociraptors work, work well with a pack. And, and, and especially in Primal Quest, because we have aliens and elder gods, dinosaurs can, can get pretty weird. <laughs> uh, and we have alien dinosaurs, we have dinosaurs with lasers, and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and I have even, even some plans. To, to make like a like a, a do you know Power Rangers like a, like a, a dinosaur Megazord so yeah nice. that can happen so yeah so 
Nice. I I can I can only imagine that this is a the type of game where you can ride a T-Rex with a bone spear in your hand fighting some kind of robot T-Rex. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, and you you can play as a T-Rex. I have a table because <laughs> Yeah, because had radiation aliens and there is like a lab with aliens doing experiments, so a Velociraptor has been given intelligence, so you can play as a Velociraptor. You can hold many things, but you, you can still have some fun, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You also mentioned that you've done uh, kind of an urban fantasy uh, game with Dark Streets and Darker Secrets. Yes. Uh, what's kind of your take on urban fantasy? What urban fantasy stories do you like uh you know how, how do you kind of come at that particular genre well uh dark city and darker secret it's more like a, a toolkit for you to play from horror to urban fantasy so mm -hmm. there is influence from even from buffy the vampire slayer supernatural uh sabrina and the chilling tales of sabrina there is x files there is green there is Vampire, The Masquerade, there is uh, Any Rice Tales. Uh, and I, I play a little bit Mixture of Two, uh, both, but there is, you see undertones of like a World of Darkness there, and a, a lot of, even some, some political critique about the world, uh, the social inequality, and the way things are in Brazil, and corruption, and all, all that sort of stuff. And but then I released like a game called War, a uh, supplement called War of the Magi, which there's like a more focused setting about uh, this world of different factions of sorcerers, and they have different roles, and there's like this this forbidden faction that is coming back, and a war is starting, and religion are pursuing sorcerers. It's like because here in Brazil. Uh, Religion has become a really strong political force, and 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 that's reflecting the game. Like the Inquisition is back, and it's hurting people and stuff like that. You know, so it's it's a little bit darker, and it's, it's kind of it's kind of sword and sorcery in the in the in the current age. You know. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's something I haven't really encountered very much trying to translate kind of that Robert E. Howard style of fantasy into urban fantasy. Because a lot of times when it comes to urban fantasy, it's very, it's very Tolkien. It's very, you know, all, all of the crazy fantasy races are around. Things aren't necessarily as brutal. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a weird fantasy. It's, it's more <laughs> horror with fantasy yeah. than like elves and dwarves. And like, there are fairies, but, but my fairies are like weird and mysterious and just take away people because you don't play, at least in the core game, you don't play as, as, as like supernatural beings. You play as humans in a world, there's all this, this crazy stuff. Like, it's like sword and sorcery. In sword and sorcery, you usually play as, as, as humans and, and the fantastical is, is what you explore. And that's what I try to do in the game. And even though but if you play like a kind of a, a magician or sorcerer, you can be like a, a half something, like maybe a half demon or half fairy, or maybe something else, like maybe half alien or 
maybe psionics or something, you know. So gotcha. it's 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 fantasy, but it has has a touch of horror. As I said, like I can mix it up with all stuff that I like and, and try to make something there's not obvious, oh, this is obvious uh, a game about fairy tales in modern world. No. I wanted to to be unique, I stole from a lot of a lot of a lot of sources. So mm-hmm. if you steal from one, that's plagiarism. If you steal from many, that's like originality, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it was Richie Blackmore said, uh, to be successful as a creative, you have to be either a genius or a clever thief. So Yeah. And and, and I'm pretty sure that the genius is that a clever a really clever thief and nobody figured mm-hmm. that out yet. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Even Batman was plagiarized to a degree. So yeah. now you've done urban fantasy, you've done sci-fi, uh, you've done sword and sorcery. Now you've done this, uh, the stone and sorcery thing. Are there any other fields that you want to kind of like expand into or, or try your hand at when it comes to RPGs? I, I did horror. I have a trilogy of, three horror games like in zine format using a system that is very similar to Into the Odds and they are called uh, The Dead Are Coming which is like a zombie horror RPG mm-hmm. uh, there is Screams Among the Swords which is like a weird uh, sci-fi horror but it's not really focused on, on flashy aliens it's more about uh, weird uh, time space phenomena and alien ruins that have weird psychological effects on characters. Mm-hmm. And there's also Running Out of Time, which is like a cyberpunk survival horror game because it's inspired on that uh, About Time movie uh, because time is money and you begin the game with just 1d6 uh, days of, of time. And if you like a coffee, it costs like 10 minutes and... Like a weapon costs maybe ten days or something, so you have to you have to make do with what you have and try to get uh, more time stealing from the rich, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I have I have other ideas. I'm I'm developing. I'm going to write a game uh, during November because it's Demon uh, National Game Design Month uh, about self discovery and stoicism. Uh, I'm gonna write a a mixture of RPG and board game inspired by Hawk and Roll Racing, the Super Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I have other other and sorcery things to explore. I want to write a game about sea and sorcery. It's like pirates and and, and sorcery, mm-hmm. but maybe mixture with Waterworld and even Moana from from Disney. So I have some ideas. And send and sorcery inspired by Dark Sun and other stuff like in the desert world. Now you're talking and <laughs> science and so- science and sorcery too, like Thunder the Barbarian and, mm-hmm. and post apocalypse stuff. So I really like sword and sorcery, and I want to try all these variants and trying to keep uh, consistent. So mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. Th- there was something kind of very Dark Sun ish about Primal Quest when I first saw it that that really drew me to it. So the the fact that you also kind of want to explore that aspect of things, uh, yeah, I love, I love that Dark genre Stone. too. So 
I love Dark Sun. Uh, my game, uh, my sci-fi game, uh, Summer Blades and Cosmic Spells, the initial concept of it was it's Dark Sun, but in space. Because every, every sector in space has this galactic overlord, which is like a sorcerer king. Mm. And there's just one section of space that's like a free, a free space, but it's lawless. And then there is... It, it's Dark Sun in space. But yeah. with mix mix it up with Thunder, with Star Wars and, and Dune and, and all of that. I, I, the same strategy. I stole it from a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Just not to be like one knockoff. But it's they need they, the base concept is Dark Sun space. Mm-hmm. Now on the subject of Dark Sun, because you've got me on this tangent now, um <laughs> do you think Dungeon Crawl Classics supports Dark Sun pretty well? Like, do you think it'd be pretty easy to run uh, Dark Sun in Dungeon Crawl Classics? Maybe if they make it more difficult to cast spells without spell burning and allowing maybe you to spell burn people around you if you're like a defier, defiler, you know? And people, maybe, they, maybe people could resist with a fortitude save to avoid that. Is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah that, that's a possibility. That could work. Yeah, right? It's, if they could, it's, they could like, spell burn people around then. Hmm. It's something I've given a lot of thought to. And, like, you know, Lou, Lou was over here in chat. Uh, I was on his show talking about running Dark Sun in DCC. Um, I think if there's any system out there now that's kind of, like, best equipped to support dark sun it's dungeon crawl classics and you probably have to add a little bit of the mcc stuff in there too just to get the full breadth of everything that you can have in dark sun but yeah there definitely need to be a couple tweaks to the way things work yeah and there there has to be like a psionic system too because there isn't one like at least an official one there is one from from read some finipool which is pretty good too Okay. Well, that's a good choice, yeah, DCC. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, because, you know, you, you've worked with him a lot, and he's a good friend of the show, he's a good friend of mine, so I just have to ask you, how did you meet Levi Combs, and how did you get involved in uh, working with him on, on his, his projects? No, I think it was just online, and then just... I posting about about games on Instagram and, and and he commented or something. I started following him and see he was doing this this poopy stuff and started talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And then he invited me to to so I I uh, was making illustrations and he asked me if I wanted to to draw make some illustrations for his stuff. So I said yes. <laughs> And what was the first project that he uh, that he brought to you? Oh my! Ter- my memory is terrible, but I think it was the the one with school island, the <clears throat> the volcano island with the school. Volcano island. All, yeah, yeah volcano island. Yeah, hmm. I think that was the first one I w- I worked with him. I backed another adventure for him uh, before that, but that was the first one I I, I worked with him. I think. I remember hearing him on the Vintage RPG podcast talking about uh, an occurrence at Howling Crater. 
And yeah, that's that's the one that was I I, I got before the this cocaine island. Yeah. But I reached out to him to bring him on the show, and then we talked, and he sent me Howling Crater, and that was the first time I'd ever read an RPG book that made me actually dry heave while reading it. Just from like the crazy descriptions of the mutants. So he. I think he takes that. Uh, I think he takes that as a compliment and to and like holds it very near to his heart when I when I say that. So <laughs> I I think that's what he was going for, especially since he sold barf bags with it. Yeah, I have that that, that those yet. I haven't used them. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anyone actually has. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if Levi would accept if you like mailed him your used barf bags from occurrence at Allen Crater. And there's that... the photo. And there's the photo yeah. here. I use it. <laughs> oh, I'll probably hear from him. Be like, don't have people send me barf bags, Ryan. Oh, but he's great. I love him. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Hey, I really, so, I really like him. So as far as like, you know, connecting with an OSR group, again, like where you are, I know you mentioned like it's basically 5e or, or nothing. Um, oh, where I am, not so much okay. because it's like a big city, but yeah. uh, outside of like the major city, it's, it's 5e or nothing or, or maybe like a popular game here in Brazil, like Tormenta or mm -hmm. another one, you know. But even online, online it's majorly 5v. If you if you if you're not already inserted in a group that already know people that play other games, if you're just like mm -hmm. I want to play RPGs and then go online and try to get a group, probably get a group from 5v. But is it you know is it pretty easy to find people who want to play like old school games? No, unless you unless you know there there are old school games, you know. Right. Yeah, and we, that's... We, here, here in Brazil, uh, I'm, I'm starting like a publisher mm -hmm. with uh, uh, some people that have, have a really like a big uh, like YouTube channel that focuses on, on 5e and they are starting to introduce those people to old school gaming with old school essentials that we're releasing here in Brazil. So, mm -hmm. so there's a hope that like... The, People are trying to get to know other things besides uh, 5e, especially because they, they're re really popular with the 5e crowd and we are presenting them with different uh, things. And, and we noticed on the, on the crowdfunding we did, a lot of people that were, weren't backing, uh, that were ma mainly backing 5e stuff, started backing uh, Old School Essential. So yep. that's, that's a cool thing. Cool. It's it's cool to see communities begin to grow, especially, I mean, with, with the circumstances right. that you... To know each other, like, yeah. why not? Why DG people can't know that... Basically, old school essentials is D&D, right? So it's yeah. like a, a different style of D&D. Hmm. Yeah, especially with the circumstances you described at the top of the show where, you know, books cost... You said like a month's wages for for a book. Then yeah, I... if you buy the three books, like D and D, the three books, 
mm-hmm. it's like a month's wage because it's yeah. you know but yeah i can see how it, it would be a tough sell to to tell someone hey you can buy the you know the book that everyone's heard of or you can buy this book that very few people have heard of yeah, <laughs> but, but at least it's just one book, right? That's yeah, the advantage that's of the indie stuff. Just mm-hmm. one book. You don't have to buy uh, three books. You can have all all the same fun with mm-hmm. a third of the cost, you know? Yeah. But well, it, yeah, it, 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 it's hard for those people to know this possibility exists because and like, if they go to like a big sword, they, they will see just D&D. They won't see like old school essentials or like a smaller game. Mm-hmm. It always fascinates me to see how similar and how different <laughs> RPG communities are in different countries because at the end of the day, RPGs really feel like an extension of storytelling, which is present in every culture going all the way back. But at the same time, because of the way, you know, the, the things that catch on pop culture wise in different countries what products are available what products end up spreading it's interesting to see kind of what takes root and what becomes popular so it's i think it's really cool that uh you guys are starting to like get ose to catch on there uh because ose is a really cool product and it's something that i'm looking forward to getting into myself so i you know, hearing that you guys are, are working to make that happen, that like I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean the 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 old school community here in Brazil already know about OSC, was already excited, but it's a really small community, mm-hmm. and there's like some some infighting about they want it to be cheaper, but the paper prices are crazy, and and we did our best to like to release like a really good book in, printed in a really good. Like printer house, and it's way cheaper than DD. And the book will be released. And we, but we also managed to bring a lot of people from outside of the old school community, which it, which is really good. And, and 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 financing this product, maybe we'll be able to release like at the second printing, maybe a little cheaper or something. Mm. We don't know, but it's it's a smart, it's like our, our first release. We're releasing like an adventure together with it and, and, and two zines. And we'll continue to support the game and release probably other indie games and even my games because my games are basically mostly published in English, not here in Brazil. And we'll start to try to publish my stuff here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like that's a that's a whole other aspect to it is not only... Do you have to you have to pay someone to translate books, or you have to translate them yourself? Which you know, time time is money. Yeah. I'm not and, going to do that. I'm going to pay someone to do yeah. that. And, and I, then, I'd rather create something new than to just write the same thing yeah. I have already created. You know. Mm-hmm. And even like in the process, literal translations, uh, you know, sometimes just don't make sense. So yeah. having to figure out how all that's yeah, I, I'm getting a headache just thinking about it. Not not even trying to do it. So yeah. I, that is I, I translated DCC DCC in Brazil. I I I am the translator for DCC in Brazil, and mm-hmm. boy, that was hard. 
that, that was is lots of work and then I, I i don't wish that amount of work to anyone <laughs> so i would just pay someone to do that oh man that seriously like mad respect to you for because for anyone who hasn't seen the dcc book i'm not going to go grab it that thing's a doorstop Gigantic. It, it's a weapon for that deals deals one d eight of damage if you wield it. Absolutely. Well, so you you told us before the show, you know that that when you come over here to do conventions, you're you're primarily looking to go to Gen Con. Uh, what what other conventions would you like to get to? Uh, you know who who would you like to meet up with? Uh, coming to the States now that you've you know, really become a part of kind of the, the OSR community. Cause I, you know, I see you in all these discussions. It's not fair to answer because I'm, I'm really going to forget someone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But I mean, I, I really, really, really wouldn't love to meet Matt Finch mm-hmm. because certain reason it was really a big influence for me. And, uh, Quick primer for old school gaming. It was like like a a whole bible for me to to figure out what old school gaming was because I was born in '84 and and in Brazil, the first edition to ever D and D to ever be released here, uh, fully was really basically uh, second edition D and D, and we we had that 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 challenger box like the black box. But was already a D and D of the nineties, so there's there's really the old really old school phase of D and D was already gone when which when it came to Brazil. So there was sort for me there. There's nothing about nostalgic for it, but because it's some, really something new for me and something that I fell in love with, and and, and probably because of the way uh, Matt Finch put it on the on the. Old, quick primer for old school gaming and, and his stuff, his writing, the the Tom of Adventure design, it's it's one of my favorite books ever. So uh, I really really would like to to meet him and to greet him. And that's really someone that really came to my mind. And obviously Levi uh too and I don't know. Ah, Jeffrey Tanganian from oh, uh, Assumption Instruments, also for Hyperborea, oh, yeah. of course. And the people from D&D, I know because of Gen Con, they, they go to Gen Con. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, there's some friends from, from Arizona and, 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 and Jim and, and, and people from Great Hits and people from Exalted Funeral and Matt. But I don't know if they go to any conventions. And the people from Gaming MDS, the, the podcast. Mm. There are so many people. That's, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm going to forget someone. So. <laughs> so the conventions I would like to really, really would love to go would be Gary Cohn, uh, Crit Hates, North Texas, Game Hocon, mm. and uh, Metatopia seems really cool too. If I leave it there, I and if I, I could afford, I would just be going to Combs whenever I can and just riding between them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Yeah, that, that's how I feel, uh, you know, because like just recently I found out about LongCon and Longview, Texas. And so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that sounds like fun. But if I'm going to go to North Texas, then that's two trips from Tennessee to Texas within like a month of each other. That, a lot of planning there. A lot of, I, joke, yeah. I joke that Jane Cohn's like Disneyland for me. It's like the happiest yeah. place on earth for me. Like Jane <laughs> Cohn, it's my Disneyland. So let's go there. But yeah, with, with that list of people you want to meet, like Lou was saying in, in chat here, it sounds like North Texas uh, is the place for you because, you know, that's where I met Jeff. Uh, I saw Matt Finch when I was there. Uh, Jeff goes to Gary Con too, doesn't he? I think he I think goes so. to Gary Con. I think yeah. Jeff goes to Gary Con. I want to go to Gary Con because it's like a historical place, right? So oh, yeah. I, I have to go there at least once, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like either Gary Con or uh, North Texas, you'd be able to kind of check off that list. of. Uh, and it's cold. Gary Con's cold. I live in Brazil. Brazil is too hot. I want to see snow <laughs> at least yep. once or twice in my life. So mm-hmm. I want to go to Gary Con to see snow too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's Full like snow. it's winter here, and, 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 and I'm, 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 I'm with uh, shorts and, and a t shirt. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when when I went to Peru, uh, we went during it was around this time of year. So it was winter and uh, we were like, this is what, you know, spring feels like for us. This is early winter. That's the temperature I wish our summer was. That's that's what I wish summer was. It's our winter. But somewhere it's it's. You start sweating while we're taking a, a cold shower. You're sweating. It's insane. <laughs> it's, yep. it's it's madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, summer in Tennessee not not great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Where, where where you live, summer is not it's not cool too. So as we're kind of you know reaching the end of our time here, we're, we don't we're not completely out of time, but just as we're getting close, I, I sure. want to give you the chance to kind of direct people towards all the stuff that you've got coming out. So let's start with the exalted funeral stuff. Uh, yeah. What should people be looking for as far as primal quest? Uh, if they want to get physical copies. Yeah. Tomorrow, uh, exalted funeral will be releasing like a bunch of stuff. And one of the, the main releases will be primal quest essentials which is uh, a scene with all the rooms you need to play to advance characters, to run the game. And on this book, we'll have all the rooms and uh, a mini hex roll for you to explore the world of Taya, which is a world of mythical Stone Age adventure with dinosaur aliens, elder gods, cave people, and all sorts of weird sword and sorcery stuff. Stone and sorcery. And we'll be releasing The Cave of Our People 2, which is an introductory adventure for Primal Quest uh, that puts the players as uh, people that are being initiated in the tribe, and they go to this mystic uh, adventure that will reveal the, the future of, of their people and will define their role in this future and ends up with the group making like a cave painting, just like the, the characters are making. So it's like a, a community building activity because these drawings can be shared with other groups and, and, and we can make like a, a cave wall for every people posting their, their drawings. And we're releasing also uh, three third-party products for Parmal Quest, 
which is uh, Primal Belief, which is a uh, uh, a supplement about uh, faith and religion and and and, and cults in the mythical Stone Age, and two uh, personal adventure by Stephen, the background GM fun, and one about witches, and I forgot about the other one, but it's a really great adventure for you to just demonstrate the game like a, a quick a quick uh, side quest maybe for you to explore in the game and there's like a, a lot of other cool stuff that was made for promo quest during our promo jam that happened in june and there's like 17 releases we have the srd in, in english portuguese spanish and and french and it's a game that that's it, it's growing and more more stuff are coming for it and there's a lot of other stuff uh, on my website, oldschool-publishing.com. And wait for more stuff coming from Exalted Funeral this year. We still have more, more releases coming uh, in October and maybe in December too. We're working on a lot of cool stuff with dinosaurs. More dinosaurs for you. <laughs> you can always have more dinosaurs. Yeah. Absolutely. And then for uh, the other games that you released, is Drive Through the best place for them, or is there uh, somewhere else yeah. you should be looking? You can go for, to Drive Through RPG or to uh, itch.io. Uh, look for Diogo Old School or Old School Publishing, and you'll find uh, all my games there. Uh, on Drive Through, there is a lot of uh, print on demand stuff. I have some of the games on Lulu too. On each is basically PDF, but um, we're working on releasing uh, all the stuff in print on, on Exalted Funeral too. So if you prefer buying from them, uh, we're working on, on making the games available there mm. soon. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I've talked a lot about Exalted Funeral on here, but if you guys haven't ever been there, they support a lot of great creators. Levi's stuff is on there. Uh, you can find Morkborg on there, and uh, Jogo's releasing stuff through them. So, you know, uh, Exalted Funeral is a great place to find some pretty awesome games. Yeah, they're really great, and their their shipping is very reasonable, even if you live in Brazil. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, uh, last but not least, where can people find you on social media? Oh, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Diogo underline old school. Uh, not in the place you go to study, but in the bones inside your head, old school. And on Facebook, you can look for Diogo Nogueira or old school publishing. On, on Twitter, on Reddit, I'm Diogo A-R-T. Cool. Well, uh, Diogo, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Thank you for uh, for bearing for with me you. as I uh, <sighs> dealing with this cold. Uh, but I, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, picking up a copy of this game. Thanks, man. Hope I appreciate it. Better, so, yeah, but yeah th this was a ton of fun, and we'll have to have you on the show next time you've got something coming out. So uh, just sure. just let me know, and we'll we'll bring you back. Hopefully, Cosmosaurus comes out soon too. Absolutely. And drinks. <laughs> absolutely well guys that's going to do it for tonight's episode uh as always you can find me on twitter and instagram at howard underscore ryan greg and uh, next week 
just to let you guys know what's coming up, uh, Alex McCreese is coming back on. Uh, he's got this great book coming out that's on Kickstarter right now with nine days to go called Buy This Axe. It is a cyclopedia of dwarven civilization. So Alex McCreese and I are going to be talking about dwarves, uh, which is awesome because I love dwarves and I don't talk about them enough. So uh, we'll tune in uh, next week to talk a little bit about that. But until then, guys, whether you rolled a 1 or a 20, I'm so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard. Don't forget to follow Valor Studios, and we'll see you guys next time.